you can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price of participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Good morning. Oh, let me turn the music down. I'm sorry, guys. How are you? This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Let me open this can of club soda. It's 10 after 11, so it is a can of club soda. Mm. So, how are you today? It's a beautiful day here in Key Largo. Uh, a couple of degrees cooler than where, if you're listening from the Northeast, your guys are sweltering up there. I know, I complain a lot about it being like five five miles from the sun, 500 feet from the sun, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, you're getting it now. And uh, that's, we don't we don't really go that crazy hot. We, we may get, we get up to 90, that's hot for us, but it's always freaking humid. And we are in our summer mode here at the catch. We're getting visitors and all that stuff. We're not getting real heavy right now on the on the weekdays because people may or may not choose to spend their vacation dollar down here. It's uh, I did talk to someone else in the business, and they thought it was amazing how long this uptick in traffic took place here in uh, Key Largo, how, how, how long it's going on. And summer looks to be pretty good. But even if we have an okay summer, we're going to be pretty good because we had a pretty good year from early on till season. We were doing pretty good. So, hey, there was no place else to go. There's still not a lot of places to go, but, you know, they're opening up. They're going to be opening up cruises soon. Well, I figure when cruises, once cruises open up and foreign countries open up, the Caribbean opens up, uh, we may see a dip here. Who knows? And we'll see. But it's been amazing, amazing, and we appreciate it. Uh, the thing that may not stop, you know, may slow it down would be the way uh, hotels and motels and Airbnbs are charging a lot. That's the thing about it. When there's traffic, just like the cost of housing, people are paying 20% over real estate listings in order for the opportunity to buy a property. It's like, who cares about how much they list a property at? Nowadays, people say, well, I'll put it, if it's, you know, if in your head, if you, as a seller, you think it's 300000 you may get someone come in with 380000 So you don't want to be the one to list too much because they're going to go, they're going to overbid anyway. But when it comes to hotel rooms and things like that, because there's so many takers, 
they just keep on raising in price until there's no no takers, right? That's what it seems to be happening down here. I mean, an average price for a room would be about 600 bucks a night in Key West. It's not fucking Monte Carlo or Venice, Italy, or Monaco. It's Key West. It's nice, but really, it isn't 600. And 600, I was taking it as a median. And that may piss some people off, but that's just the way it is. There's, there's a lot to be said for being reasonable about your prices. I, can, I understand the mentality, right? Who knows when it'll come back? Who knows what it, next month will bring? What if there's nobody coming down? What if there's another shutdown? Maybe, what if there's another pandemic? You got to make hay when the sun shines. And it's, you know, law of supply and demand. So you got all these people coming down. They, you know, control control the crowd by raising the prices. It seemed like it didn't stop people from coming down. The occupancy rates are high down here. But there is a price to be paid with people's sentiments. Because you come down here and say, wow, I spent, you know, for a week, I spent, you know, you can go in your head, I spent $4,000 for a room for a week where I could have got a villa in the Tuscany region of Italy for a month for that much. But as I'm assured by a friend of mine, there is no rentals available in Tuscany region of Italy. No, that's not true. I've just lifted that totally from Seinfeld. So what what are you to do? I mean, you got to get a balance. You think like, well... You know, normally we charge 200 bucks. We're going to go up to 300 bucks. Make that, make a big impression. So when people come back, you can make it say, hey, listen, the reason why we changed, we, we came off a, uh, a, a long period of no business. So we're just making it up. You can give them a note. You could be, you could admit it and say to people, we just raised our prices a bit in order to recoup our losses and to be able to maintain our property and maintain the staff on hand. You can say all those things. But when you're really raking people for it, sometimes, who knows? We'll find out in the long run. But they may not affect it at all. People people may have short memories. They may just think, well, when the, when occupancy rate goes down here, then the price of rooms will go down. So if right now it's running 90%, 95%, 98%. If it's running, if it starts running around 60%, you start getting deals. You start getting deals on the same day, off season. There was a lot of times I've had people come down here and they say, well, we'll just figure we'll find a room down there. And it wasn't in peak season. People said, we can't find anything. And the things we can find are outrageous. You heard me say this. I know it's pissing people off. I know the Tourism Development Council doesn't like people to say shit like that. But when, who am I to? Uh, I'm not going to start kissing ass and doing that thing because otherwise I'm going to ruin my. I don't have a lot going for me as a podcaster, but I do. I think speaking, at least speaking, it's going to sound bullshit, but it's speaking my truth is the least I can do for you. 
So, but the restaurants aren't doing it as much. You know, the restaurants have prices. They got to, you know, when the prices go up in a restaurant, it's, it's directly, a, uh, it's attributable to the cost of what you're serving. So red meat, seafood, whatever. If the price goes up, that's because of many times the price of the supplies have gone up. So a restaurant, if they rose their price and other people realize, well, you know, people aren't liking our price, they can just drop their price again. Much like hotels can. But they see each other and they figure everyone's doing it. But the locals use the restaurant too. The locals don't use the hotels, motels, and B&Bs as much. So if a local knows that you raise your prices, hey, they raise their prices 50% or 30% for no good reason, then that there's repercussions for restaurants like that. You don't see it as much for hotels because locals don't experience as much. They, But they are starting to hear it. They realize they... There's people that live up in Key Largo that like to go into Key West. And Key West people, they stop up here. Sometimes they stay up here. But generally, it's a way stop for them when they're going to Miami. Because when you're in the Keys, that's... You've heard me say before, when you got to get stuff, you got to see stuff, you got to experience different places, not necessarily Keys places. You got to get off the rock. That's what they say. That's a colloquialism when they say that. Get off the rock. And I haven't been getting getting those recently. There was a show on HBO. It was Mayor of Easttown. You heard me mention that before. That they did an excellent job. Our Kate Winslet and her fellow actors in the show and actresses did an excellent job at vocally transmitting the Philadelphia accent, Philadelphia regional accent. They took it seriously. And everyone kind of complied. Because if you're talking about Philadelphia, there's, especially people that were raised in that area, they have a distinct accent. When you talk about L.A., Miami, New York, Manhattan. Like Manhattan... You got people from all over. You got people from all over in Miami. You got the same thing in L.A. Uh, Even in downtown Chicago, you got that mid-American accent. You know, you got the regional accents that pop up from outside the suburbs and the poorer neighborhoods. Now, Philadelphia, for some reason, the whole area of Philadelphia, except for like the main line, has really a distinct accent. And they have terms. And the one term they use, I think Gene Smart, who played Mayor of East Town's mother. And if you don't know the show, don't don't hurt you know don't hurt yourself trying to figure. It's a Mayor of East Town is this Kate Winslet plays this middle aged police detective in this city outside of Philadelphia, really right outside of Philadelphia. They might as well be in, in Olney or Mayfair. Their neighborhoods in Philadelphia, inside the city, but they're outside. And there's a couple murders and disappearances that have to be investigated. And Mayor uh, is well known in the area and stuff like that. And her mother lives with her, 
and you know they have her extended family around her with her ex-husband ex-husband's fiance and they she has a couple kids and in this Gene Smart one time she says like this she's acting like a smacked ass not saying I'm gonna smack your ass it's something like acting like a smacked ass that is even though other people may use that that is a quintessential when I heard it that's a Philadelphia term smacked ass we got you know everyone uses jerk off douchebag asshole shithead fuck up but smacked ass I always thought that was silly it always kind of made me think of someone who has a red face and they're embarrassed and they're doing something stupid you know that guy oh he's acting like a smacked ass and and you know how a sm- a sm- I mean not that I stare at it but just visually think of it a smacked ass is red right you're a spanked ass you're embarrassed and it's a, it's a discernible visual cue that your butt was hit by someone's hand it smacked ass and that's someone's behavior but I've been thinking about all the terms they used in it they didn't really say anything about they didn't go for the low hanging fruit talking about the eagles or hoagies they did it nuanced but the less the least nuanced approach was the use of the word smacked ass but when they said, uh, especially with the word home, it's like, hey, home, hey, home, almost like this, when you say it. And when they say bury, it's not bury, it's burry, burry, like B-U-R-R-Y. We're going to bury them there. Or water, W-O-O-D-E-R. When it's actually, you know, people say, well, it's water, water. You got to pronounce the T, water, water. Not wooter, wooter. Hey, give me a drink of water. That's Philadelphia, wooter. I'm going to have a water. But there's other things that they always say that John, John means thing. I never recall hearing that up in that in my neck of the woods. Maybe they say it in different areas of Philadelphia. But we used to say, where I'm from in the Northeast, we'd say things like, instead of saying a telephone pole, to shorten call it a telepole. Right? Or, what's the other terms? There's all tons of them. Um, God. Water ice. Uh, gravy, that's like... Gravy for spaghetti sauce. That's an Italian thing. That happens in New York and Boston and all that stuff when you call it gravy. Oh, I know. I'm taking, I'm lifting this from, right from a, an article. But when you get an ice cream, everyone calls it uh, sprinkles. And they're like, give me, so throw some sprinkles on it. They didn't call them sprinkles in Philadelphia. They called it Jimmy's. I want chocolate jimmies or throw some jimmies on it or chocolate jimmies you know 
and then yeah, obviously there's hoagie, Wawa. Wawa is always thing. But now that people experience that up there, what the fuck is Wawa? What are you talking about? Now it's competing with Seven Eleven. People are going to find out what it is. You know, um, I re- I really really enjoyed that nostalgic accent, and I thought about how it's disappearing around the world because the way people migrate, the way people move. And when you get into more and more of the itinerant lifestyle of Americans, a hundred years ago, except for people that would go to you know, settle when they were opening up the frontier, there was a big movement of that. But if once people got, became established and had a job and no reason to leave and were making a good income, their family stayed there. They stayed where they were. So if your family lived in Baltimore and had a hardware store and your kids went to school and they all had pretty good jobs, some of your kids got involved with running the hardware store, other ones became you know, plumbers and things like that, they lived in the neighborhood. For years and generations, generations of people. You had family members, you had people living in the houses that the grandparents had. There's still places like that today, but it was more of a, what would you call it? More of an exception than the rule nowadays that people are in their ancestral, let's call them ancestral homes. Where multiple generations of the same family live. I have relatives in upstate Pennsylvania that live in a house that my family's occupied over 100 years. Probably 140 years. At least it's in the place it was. And there's I don't even I haven't been up there for years, but I know the relatives are still up there and I know there's family members still in that small town. And there's a couple properties that um, still owned near inside. But there is the the family members on the old my grandmother's my paternal grandfather, great grandfather, my uh, paternal paternal maternal. Is that the way to say it? Paternal, meaning my dad's mother's father. Is that a new new terminology? They set up shop up there like 1890-something. 125 years ago. And they're still in there. So they have that accent. And I remember the accent of upstate Pennsylvania. It's, uh, it's not far off from the accent you hear in Fargo. The movie Fargo. Kind of really stretches across that middle part of the Midwest from Pennsylvania through Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, out to Wisconsin, Michigan, and those rural areas. And you hear these people where they're dragging out the syllables and uh, their consonants and things like that. You're a little slower talking. Not, not that southern kind of thing that runs out 
when you get down to Miami, kind of screwy. But these people that grow up for generations there, they have the same accent. But now with everyone moving around, it's kind of like people are blending their accents. You have a middle American accent, the one that you hear on all the national newscast or sitcoms, unless it's based in... And there was a show on a comedy show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And even though all the characters grew up in Philadelphia, they really didn't have Philadelphia accents. Even though a couple of the characters probably are from that area. Because people, if you're an actor, it would behoove you to lose your regional accent. Except, you know, for I guess if you're someone like Mark, Mark Wahlberg, right? Or Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. The kings of a Boston accent. Anytime there's a movie in Boston, they just figure, hey, get one of those guys. We don't have to train them to get their accent because that's where they grew up. But I, Wahlberg did an all right job. He, you know, he's from the Boston area. He did that movie Invincible about Vince Vampali in Philadelphia. He was a guy that walked on the Philadelphia Eagles. I say Eagles, not Eagles. I mean, spell the Eagles. It's easy to say that. They used to make fun of my accent in Philadelphia. Because my father grew up all... I mean, father was in the Navy and we moved around a lot and stuff like that. But I, you know... Children are impressionable and they try to mimic the people around them. So I picked up a lot of the things they would say. And when people start pointing out, why do you say water is so funny? Why do you say ham? When I was in Philadelphia, when I said ham, they would make fun of me. And it could have been the way it said ham. 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 And they thought it was kind of snooty. Yeah, snooty. Do I, I don't sound like I have a snooty accent, do I? I could barely say some things. I couldn't say orbital, orbital, when we were talking about the Kessler effect. Mm. So these accent things, when I saw that on Maritime, it was just so great. And I thought, you know, how many times you're really going to be able to do that? You really don't need to throw in a Philadelphia accent unless there's one out, you're outside of Philadelphia, which is critical. And it doesn't always happen. Like in TV shows, people that, when they portray, portray people in, in, in TV shows, let's say now Chicago, 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 uh, there's a fire show, a Chicago police show, maybe a Chicago hospital show. It's always Chicago and stuff like that. I guess because they're still a pretty big city. Philadelphia's kind of was shrinking and stuff like that. But, you know, when you have working class people, they should be sporting that kind of accent because you don't get too many working class people from outside those areas. They're kind of pretty stationary. But when you get into the upper middle class, the more the white collar, they move around. And those accents are kind of tricky. Especially if there's TV shows going on now where we're, you know, if they're taking place in London and they're in the financial sector, won't just be people that were born in England or people in the United States. There's people from Canada, Australia, blah, blah, blah. It's so interesting. 
thinking about regional accents when it comes to and being a a speaker of English, we you hear people make fun of the Canadian accent, which is slightly different than the US accent, but unless you're really trying, if you're talking to a you don't really notice it. Now an Australian accent, that if you get a strong I detect that. Much like they I imagine if we have our accents, they people from the United Kingdom or Australia or Ireland, they start thinking it's weird. Now I've been over there and it's interesting that some people who aren't really thinking real hard when they hear an accent, if you go to Ireland, they might think first, what are you, uh, you know, if they're in a real small town, the first time they hear it, they may think you're English, you know, unless, you know, an American accent, unless you have, if you, unless you have a really strong newscaster accent so oh you sound like a newscaster so you must be like from the united states but they'll think australian british canadian and then alaska go to, yeah they they think the same thing and a lot of people when an australian comes oh where are you from united kingdom no i'm from australia what do you mean i don't have a british accent they don't hear when they're speaking they don't hear themselves speaking with a british accent they don't hear their friends speaking with a british accent they hear australian accents around them but there's different regional ones in Australia. There's an Outback accent. There's a Sydney accent, a Perth accent, Brisbane, things like that. But there's less and less when you think about it. When you have American actors playing British characters and British characters, M.K. Winslet, I always thought she was Australian, playing an, um, a divorced police detective outside of Philadelphia. That's to do a regional accent like that. That's incredible. I always thought it was when an American couldn't do it. Think of Jack Nicholson in The Departed. And I, I'm i not going to poo-poo someone's accent because they're bad at doing accents on an actor. But if you're considered a world-class actor, you better put some effort in fucking learning how to do the accent. I guess it's harder unless you have an ear for it. If you think about it. But how are you going to tell someone like a giant with the reputation of Jack Nicholson? You're going to have to see a voice coach. Your accent sucks. Because his accent did suck in there. Alec Baldwin, on the other hand, Baldwin's more of a, a New York guy, if I'm not correct, like Long Island. Those guys. And I, it may be, I might be wrong. But he did an excellent job. And DiCaprio did too. But then again, I'm not a Boston guy, but you got it. I mean, I would love to hear the take of a Boston person's accent, a, a Boston person critiquing the accents in a movie like The Departed. It's a Scorsese movie about the Irish mob. It's a loosely based story on the Whitey Bulger era. The one they did in uh, the Johnny Depp movie Black Mass. I think it's called Black Mass. And it's funny that I mention it. It's like 12, you know, 6 degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, the the girl that played 
the main character, one of the main characters, wives, the woman, I said girl, man, she was in Mayor of Easttown and she killed with that. She did a Boston accent in Black Mass and she did a Philly accent in Easttown. I think she was in, in Law and Order for a little while or one of the Law and Order things. But a tall, redhead, not particularly, she's pretty. Not particularly beautiful, but I always thought she was a lovely, lovely woman. And and uh, she's not like the classic, you know. Yet the, the kind of make the segue from that, after we're talking about the regional thing, the, another thing I liked about East uh, Mayor of Easttown, they didn't use the Hollywood classic actresses and actors, the fit, super fit people. They were regular people. Even though regular people, every so often you have regular people, you get super fit people that are regular. But they didn't get like, there's the, the Hallmark movies and stuff like that. Whenever doing When they're doing a movie, they get the prettiest people to pay. Which, there's pretty people out there. I realize that. But there's not a lot of them. You don't have a whole town of pretty people. I mean, maybe there is. But it's unusual. So most of them are just regular people. And they made them look regular. Like they started that movement, I guess, in the... Well, they, they did it all the time. They did it in the 50s. I guess the Honeymooners. There was no no classic beauties in, in the Honeymooners. Jackie Gleason, the guy who played Ed Norton, the, the Alice, you know. Or Trixie, he's the girlfriend. I don't know if it was Trixie. I'm getting confused. They use regular people. And you could tell when a movie is taking itself serious, when they don't go for the pretty person, like a superhero movie, they always go with a pretty person. You don't have like a, I beg, beg the difference, in a superhero movie, unless the character, oh, unless the character is intentionally unattractive, like Hellboy, Hellboy's kind of a demon, human spawn but it's the guy from Sons of Anarchy, the big guy. Who's, um, I can't remember his name. I can't remember. I'm sorry. But in almost every superhero movie, they're all attractive. Name one unattractive. Now, Portray may be unattractive. Like, uh, what's his name? Deadpool? Brian Reynolds. There's nothing unattractive for Brian Reynolds. You make him look unattractive. But you didn't have to get a... You, you didn't need to have a, an attractive actor. I guess they did have to have an... I, I guess I'm going to go back on my words. They did have for Deadpool because he had to be an attractive guy that became unattractive. Because if he was kind of already disfigured, it wouldn't be just a big deal that he got disfigured more. Right? So, I'm going to walk back. But it serves a point. Every superhero movie they put in, they're all beautiful people. Right? They're all. Unless they play an alien. And even in the aliens. Think of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Zoe. Oh, the actor Zoe that plays Gamora. I think of Gamora. She's gorgeous. And he greened her all up. You know? 
Or, you know, when, or she was in Avatar. They made her blue and skinny. Zoe Saldano, a gorgeous woman. And they always cover her up. And she hardly ever plays herself. Uh, but that's that's kind of like super. And you got the guy Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista. Uh, the only one, I'd say Vin Diesel. He's going to come and kick my ass because he's saying he's not attractive. But some people, I, I guess some ladies out there find him attractive. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't label him as attractive. But he plays a tree, right? And the good-looking guy, Bradley Cooper, who does Rocket, the raccoon, in that, you know, people that say Bradley Cooper's a good-looking guy, he's a raccoon. Uh, a sentient raccoon. You know, a super intelligent raccoon, let's say, sentient. Because raccoons are sentient. Boy, I dragged off and went far afield and stuff like that. But, get to the back to the basic point. The less attractive the people are, when the show opens up, you're thinking, they're going to be serious about acting in this. Yeah. Think of the best movies. The best movies. The best actresses. The best actresses out there. And we're the best living actress right now. You have Helen Mirren, who's an attractive woman. I'm going to call her a supermodel, though. She just really took care of herself. Meryl Streep. Dame, what's her name? The one that played M in James Bond. I was going to say Dame Edna and stuff like that. Judy Dench. Judy Dench. All the ones, if you think about all the ones that won the Academy Award, they, I mean, what's-her-name got it? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Charlize Theron got hers playing Eileen Wernos, a prostitute who was a serial killer down here, I think in Florida. Florida, once again. Look at you. Look at you doing what you do best. Right? A, you know, a, prosti- a drug-addicted prostitute, it looked like. And speaking of drug-addicted, I have to talk about this. You know, the Keys newspaper, they never, I'm never, I'm probably never going to have an article about this show again, but they never really follow up. And there was a fellow that comes in, he's a boat captain, and we disagreed on politics and stuff like that. Matter of fact, it got heated. I had to kick him out one time when he was getting in an argument with someone. Uh, but I kind of kicked both of them out, even though I agreed with the other guy. I just said, nope, you can't do that. You can't start, you know, and if you can't talk to each other civilly, you can't have the conversation. They disagreed with me at the time. But now they're coming back in. See? No hard feelings. In the end. So we're talking about one of our local newspapers, how they never do a follow-up. They'll do the story that something happened. You know, we had some horrific uh, traffic accidents. And we never figure out, you know, they didn't tell the backstory. What happened? You know, where was the guy before? What were they doing? What are the people that were killed? You know, and things like that. They don't, they just don't do that follow-up. And sometimes Miami Herald has to come in there and do it. But what they do do well is the arrest reports. And what I've been noticing lately, lately, is that we've had a lot of arrests for people with crystal meth or methamphetamines. And they all have that distinct look about them. 
when someone's using meth, they don't, crystal meth people maybe, or I'm saying crystal meth because, is there another one? Should I know that? When they report it as grams of methamphetamine. And uh, let me say, two local women were arrested Friday afternoon following a search warrant at a residence on uh, 101 block of Overseas Highway, according to Monroe County. Kayla Nicole Mart. Okay, that's a shame. Kayla Nicole sounds like it could have been a stripper, right? At one time. And not a, I'm looking at her, not a bad, but she has that crystal method. Was charged with trafficking methamphetamine, possession of synthetic opioid, uh, opioid which is probably fentanyl, um, which they list later on. Possession and controlled substance without a prescription or possession of a drug drug paraphernalia. Uh, she was arrested uh, for violation of probation, and then they found the drugs. And this other woman, Ginger Ann McDonald, forty nine, was charged with possession of drug. Ginger Ann. It's kind of like if you name. It's nice that your grandmother was named Ginger and Anne is his, you know, a name of a friend of yours. But when you put those Ginger, you know, Ginger Ann, you're almost dooming that person to either being uh, the checkout lady at Target or getting arrested for the use of crystal meth. Right? But we have those two, right? And then we have this other one. This is Amarad. That was Kilaro. A 41-year-old separate thing was arrested Saturday after drug syringes pipes were found in his possession. And he was charged with multiple counts of drug possession and drug paraphernalia. He was also had a warrant for smuggling contraband into a detention facility. You know, rat-holing probably drugs up his, you know, up his ass. Uh, so this Sergeant Nick Whiteman... White man, wow, that's a shitty name to have. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, Nick. Nick White man. We'd be ironic if Nick White man was a black man, but Nick White man was pumping gas at a Marlin gas station in Plantation Key at approximately 11 a.m. when a Nissan sedan parked at the gas pump next to him. White man noticed a strong odor of marijuana emanating from the car. Well, okay, you know it's. Legal for medical. He also noticed the female's driver's two children, ages 13 and 14, were sharing a single front seat. Wow. The driver stated she did not have a medical marijuana card. Okay. There she goes. She stated the male in the back was smoking marijuana. Oh, she sort of ratted him out. The male in the back seat was later identified as Oliphant. Oh, wow. Smoking by it. Oliphant initially gave Whiteman a false name and was detained. The following were alleged found in Oliphant's possession. Ten syringes, one of which was in the crack of his buttocks. Wow. That's really selling it. I mean, when I say selling it, when you put a syringe in your butt, oh, butt crack. Wow. That's amazing. Three glass pipes. Three ga- glass pipes. Why would you need three glass Pipes. A small amount of marijuana. 4.8 grams of methamphetamine. A small amount of crack cocaine. And 0.2 grams of heroin. Yep, he was taken in. 
you know, it's like saying, oh, well, why didn't, why didn't he have an open container of beer in his hand when he was talking to him? That would probably have been the real seller. Okay, and this is another one. Another person. Traffic incident along US-1 led Monroe County to multiple drug arrests last week. A 31-year-old Key Largo man was arrested Tuesday for hit and run. Got in an accident. Uh, he hit a stop sign. And the crash involving damage to property. Or a mailbox. A DUI, possession of methamphetamines, and possession of marijuana. Crystal meth. And then there's these other guys from Homestead. And I don't know what they... Let's see. They were happened to be black guys. And they usually don't mess around with crystal meth. They're more marijuana and stuff like that. And it's a shame that people are still getting on. But the guy had a fully loaded thirty-eight tucked into his belt and a prior arrest. So I hope it doesn't ruin it, you know. But the crystal meth, holy shit. Uh, that's just showing up all over the place down here. And I see people come in here. Crystal meth, I don't know what the, or methamphetamine, I don't know what the characteristics of the effects are. But when I look at people, I always think when I'm talking to them, when they come into a restaurant, this person may be on something else. They're not just having a beer. And that's not the only thing that people are getting arrested down here. We've had a lot of our locals. Once I said before, if you are drinking and driving down here, if you do it long enough, you're going to get busted. There's a well-known business owner down here. He's a little younger than me. And he swears by it. He goes, ah, they're not going to get arrested. I'm like, you're going to get arrested one day. The state police doesn't care necessarily and if you try to try to um, if you get caught and word gets out, they're going to have to arrest you just to save face. Because you can't allow someone go if they if they find out they got stopped and other people say, "Well, he was drunk when he was driving." They're they're going to they're going to if if you let anybody go for an offense that you arrest other locals. Those other locals are going to find it real hard to swallow. And they will call someone on the carpet. But that crystal meth thing is happening so much down here. So much. I guess maybe whenever people say they can't find people to work, and I'm thinking, where are all these fucking people that live down here? There's so many people down here. What are they doing? What are they doing? Where are they working? I mean, you got to do things during the daytime. I don't see them out. Every so often, they may stop in the store and buy some stuff. I'm in the, I'm in the grocery store all the time. I imagine if you have the kind of things where you put a syringe in your buttocks, that you probably shop at convenience stores and you buy a lot of those prepackaged sandwiches that they sell at gas stations that people warn you about 
you know, his fucking bologna sandwiches or something like that, where you would go and eat and you think, well, it's, it's June 7th. This was made on May 12th. Oh, that's four weeks. Well, bologna lasts forever. Well, it could have been May 12th of 2020. Who the fuck knows? But I'm going to I'm going to leave that at that. But I hope uh, we don't end up being the next meth capital of the world. But I don't think you could because meth production really stinks and you need a lot of land in order to get by. People are right on top of each other down here. Even the really nice properties they're, they're, you know, you have another property next to them. Unless you're super wealthy and have your own island. Or you can make it on your boat. I guess you can make it on a boat. Who's going to investigate a boat? They rarely ever stop a boat. You see crystal meth on one of these big derelict boats. Hmm. Breaking bad Florida Keys, right? Just get a bunch of propane a big uh, trawler and he's just cooking meth and stuff like that in the middle of uh, <clears throat> Blackwater Sound. Yeah, someone's going to fucking steal my... Well, that may already been a story. I, it could have been the, it could have been one of the themes of Bloodline, which I didn't watch. You know, if you listen to my previous show, I'm not going to watch something or I, I'm not going to watch a show and just because it's based in Philadelphia, just because it's based in uh, the Florida Keys, then I might see a friend that's in it. I don't really give a shit. So, that's about it. I went on a little entirely too long. I'm going to end the show. If you do like the show, please see see a member of our staff or arrange a ride home for you. That is a leftover comment from when I worked someplace else. When I was a maitre d', I'd say that shit at the end of the night. If you had too much to drink, please see a member of your staff and we'll arrange a ride home for you. Thank you very much and have a great night. No, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Leave us a review. Uh, Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I guess I should do more. I do. I post the shows on there and they should show up. I guess I got to put more episodes on Twitter doesn't really work on Instagram. Who cares about podcasts? Why Why do I have an Instagram account? Because that's a visual thing. I don't know. It's just social media. And I think, well, I got social media. It's free. Why not do it? It sounds like someone's running a big vacuum cleaner outside. Thank you very much and have a great day. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. Take care. <laughs>